KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, www.kimitzion.org. And today is Thursday. Rabbi Shir by Harav Asaf Bednash, and issues in Hilchot, Hilchot Shabbat. Today's shiur will deal with some of the halachot relating to pets on Shabbat. A major halachic shayla involving pets on Shabbat is the muktza status of animals. The Gemara assumes throughout Masechet Shabbat that animals are muktza on Shabbat and would therefore be prohibited to pick them up or move them. The only exception mentioned in the Gemara is kosher animals on Yom Tov, which could be shechted and eaten, but that does not seem very relevant to the uh, contemporary situation of household pets. Tosvot in Shabbat of Memhe Amid Bet brings up the issue of an animal that may have a use on Shabbat. Rav Yosef, one of the Bali Tosvot, is of the opinion that a live chick, which could be given as a toy, to distract a child is not mukta because it has a use on Shabbat. However, the mainstream Bali Tosvot, all of the other Tosafists, as well as the other Rishonim, reject the opinion of Rav Yosef and say that even though theoretically an animal or in this case, a bird which a child could play with has some theoretical use on Shabbat. Nonetheless, animals are not considered items that are intended for Shabbat use. And therefore, are considered mukta on Shabbat. After all, a stone lying out in the street could also be used as a toy by a child. But no one would say that that makes it permitted to carry stones on Shabbat. They still remain mukta because they are not defined as kalim, as utensils, intended for use. The question comes up, however, as to whether our reality may be somewhat different from the reality in the time of Chazal that Tosot and the Rishonim are dealing with. Yes, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins in Siman Shin Chet Seif Lametet Asur L'Taltel Behema Chayav Ve'of It is forbidden to move or pick up any type of animal or bird but maybe that refers to the animals in the time of Chazal. What were animals used for? Well, they might have been used for hunting, 
which would be Asur and Shabbat, they might have been intended for milking, which is Asur and Shabbat, or for shechting and eating, which is prohibited on Shabbat. Any use we can imagine for animals circa 2,000 years ago was a use which was not relevant to Shabbat. So it makes perfect sense that Chazal viewed animals as mukta. And a stam farm animal nowadays would doubtless fall into the same category. The question arises, what about pets? Which is perhaps a new concept which may not have existed in the days of Chazal where we have an animal whose use is for entertainment, for the children to play with, for companionships. However we conceptualize the use of pets, pets clearly have a use in, conte- in the contemporary home, which, is, does, which does not involve any malacha or violation of Shabbat. If an animal were designated as a pet for use on Shabbat, then perhaps just as a stone which is designated for use as a toy or a paperweight, etc., becomes mulchan, becomes permitted to carry on Shabbat, maybe the same would apply to modern-day pets which have been designated for use. In fact, this is a machloket that occurred over 700 years ago, between the Maharach or Zeruah, Rav Chaim, the son of the Or Zeruah, and the Rush. In the Shut Maharach or Zeruah, Simon Pei Aleph, Rav Chaim or Zeruah suggests regarding birds which were kept by the wealthy and the nobility in his days to sing and entertain them, that Kevan Shebne Adam Nim Bekolam Lav Muktin Ninhu Midahava Asli Kusta Shehilamar E says just as decorative flowers, although we don't use them per se for any type of craft, are considered useful objects and not muktza on Shabbat because decoration and entertainment is considered a use. Likewise, an animal which was set aside to sing and entertain the wealthy and the noble was set aside for the use of entertainment on Shabbat should no longer be mukta. In the next siman, siman peibet, he records the response he receives to this. He received to this suggestion from the rush, and the rush wrote. Lom la'ani libi lahatir, that he was not willing to permit moving these birds on Shabbat. Although they had been set aside for use, he says, Ein tarat perhaps they cannot be considered a utensil. What he is suggesting seems to be that although a rock or a pebble, which I turn into a paperweight, becomes permitted to carry on Shabbat and loses its muktza status, that is because I can turn a rock into a kli. It's a stoneware utensil. However, a live animal 
perhaps can never be considered a kli. An animal is an animal, not a utensil. Raw materials, sticks, stones, dirt, the like, can be turned into a utensil. But perhaps an animal cannot be turned into a utensil and therefore can never leave its mukta status on Shabbat. He suggests a second argument as well. One should prohibit animals, even more than one prohibits sticks and stones, because Chazal made a gzera that one may not use live animals on Shabbat. Initially, their intention was to prohibit riding horses and the like on Shabbat because it was all too common that one who rode a horse on Shabbat would pick a branch off a tree in order to whip the horse and encourage it to speed up a bit. But Chazal made a general decree one may not utilize animals on Shabbat at all. Therefore, the Rush tells us, although their decree was only against utilizing an animal actively for some purpose on Shabbat, such as riding it, having it pull something, etc. And they never prohibited hearing the beautiful sound of uh, bird singing or enjoying the companionship of a dog. However, since Chazal made a rule, one may not use an animal on Shabbat, perhaps a little plug, perhaps they didn't distinguish. Halachically, they defined an animal as that which is not used on Shabbat. And if the very halachic definition of an animal is that which is unusable on Shabbat, that even if we may enjoy the sound, the sight, the companionship, of an animal on Shabbat, since it is halakhli defined as unusable, it must be muktzah on Shabbat, because even though practically we enjoy it very much, halakhli it's defined as an item with no use. The Maharach or Zeruah certainly has the simpler logical argument here. He says, look, just like any other object in the world, if you designate it for a use, becomes permitted, is no longer muktzah on Shabbat, so to an animal. If you designate it for a use, then it's not like the animals in the time of Chazal. It's designated for use, so of course it's usable on Shabbat. The rush has perhaps the weaker logical ground here. He says, yes, although we've designated these animals for use, since there's a gzera against using animals on Shabbat, then even if we've come up with a way to enjoy the company of animals, which would not violate the isser against using animals on Shabbat, because we're not really using them, we're just enjoying them. And really, they have a purpose and a function on Shabbat, but low plug, since the Rabbana made a general rule against using animals on Shabbat, when we not use animals on Shabbat, then we can't say, we are using animals on Shabbat, because you can't use animals on Shabbat. And therefore, we pretend that animals have no use whatsoever on Shabbat, and consider them mukta. Halachically, which opinion should we follow? So, Ravavadi Yosef in the Abiyah Omer, Chelek Hay, Simen Chavav, suggests that 
Although the Marach or Zerua seems to have strong logic backing him up, the Rush is clearly the more authoritative of the two poskim. The Marach or Zerua is a lesser known luminary among the Rishonim. Only those with very extensive yeshiva education have even heard of the Marach or Zerua. The Rush, on the other hand, is a staple of Gemara learning and a staple of Psak Halacha for the past 700 years. Therefore, we must paskin like the Rush and consider all animals muktzah on Shabbat, even if we designate them for use. Halachically, we must assume, in a formal sense, that animals have no use on Shabbat, and anything without a use on Shabbat is muktzah. Similarly, Rav Moshe Feinstein rules that animals are muktzah on Shabbat. Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, quoting the Shemirat Shabbat Kilchata, also brings up the argument that our contemporary pets have a use on Shabbat, but bows to the authority of the Rush and Paskins that animals are mukta nonetheless. Only a minority of Achronim contemporary poskim rely on Maharach or Zerua, the Sefer Minchat Shabbat, quotes from Shot Halachot Ketanot, as well as as well as the Sefer Nezer Yisrael, who are Makel, with regard to this question. But, clearly, the majority halachic opinion is to Paskin like the Rush and consider pets mukta on Shabbat. Therefore, it would be prohibited to pick up a pet on Shabbat, to push it or move it in any way, which would severely restrict the nature of interactions with pets on Shabbat. Halacha a number of contemporary works, suggest that although the majority opinion follows the rush and considers pets muktzah on Shabbat, and one should conduct oneself in accordance with this majority opinion, and if one has a pet or visits a home with a pet, one should not pick the pet up or move it in any way on Shabbat. Since there is a minority opinion which permits moving and holding and picking up pets on Shabbat, and the issue is only one of an Isidra Bonin of Muktzeh, and not one of a Malacha which would be forbidden me to Araita, and the minority opinion seems to have the stronger logical ground although it has much less authority on its side. Therefore, if there are those who, can, who conduct themselves in accordance with a lenient opinion, if there are those who pick up their pets on Shabbat and move them around and are not makbid on muktzah regarding pets on Shabbat, then one need not rebuke them or object, for there is what to rely on. Rav Aaron Lichtenstein has also been quoted as paskining such, that one should consider pets muktzah on Shabbat, but if there are those who are makel in this regard, one need not object. If we do consider pets muktzah on Shabbat, 
then we would have to refrain from picking them up or moving them in any way. What about petting the animals on Shabbat? It would perhaps be possible, though it would be a change in the routine for a pet owner to refrain from picking up or moving the animal on Shabbat, but going a whole 24 hours without being petted might certainly be difficult for the animal and put a strain on its relationship with its owner. Could one be permitted, perhaps, to pet an animal on Shabbat, even if we consider the animal mukta? The general principle established with regard to mukta in the Shulchan Aruch Simen Shin Yud Aleph, Se'if Zayin, is that Bilvad Shelo Yaziz Bo Shom Ever. With regard to a corpse, a mate, which is Mukta on Shabbat, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that not only may one not move the corpse in whole on Shabbat, one may not even move one small part of a corpse on Shabbat. You may not pick a finger up or down, close or open the mouth, close the eyelids, etc. The Achronim learned from this psak, whose source is in Masechet Shabbat of Kufnon Aleph, that Afilu tiltul b'miktzat asur b'muktzah. Not only may one may not only may one not move the entire muktzah object. As a general rule, one may not move even a small part of an object which is muktzah. If we apply this to petting animals, it would then seem, and Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach was once quoted as saying as much, that it should be prohibited to even touch or pet animals. Because whenever you pet an animal, you certainly move the hairs of the animal, even if one pets an animal very gently. So one doesn't move the actual animal, one doesn't push the animal in any direction. But you can't pet an animal without moving its hair. And moving the hair is tiltal b'miksat, is moving a small part of the animal. It would seem to be that would also be permitted on Shabbat, according to the accepted halachic opinion, that animals are mukta. However, the Shulchan Aruch teaches us in Siman Shin Bet, Se'if Yud Aleph, that Mishin Itlach Lecha Yado, someone whose hands are dirty, Mikancha Bizanav Hasus Uvzanav Hapara. If your hands are dirty, you can wipe them on the tail of a horse or a cow. That is clearly an example of moving the hair of a live animal on Shabbat. Why is this permitted? So the Mishnah Brura in the Bir Halacha there, quotes from the Sefer Tosefet, Tosefet Shabbat, that in fact it is not permitted. When the Shulchan Aruch says, you can wipe your hands on the tail of a horse or a cow, it meant 
the tail that had been cut off of a horse and cow was hanging on your wall for the purpose of wiping your hands on. That, once it is no longer attached to the live animal, is certainly not mukta and has become a kli. However, the Mishtabura points out that no other posek who quoted this halacha ever qualified it by saying that one may only wipe one's hands on a detached tail of an animal and therefore is forced to conclude that it is permissible to wipe your hands on the tail of a horse or a cow even while it is attached to that horse or that cow. What about the fact that tiltol b'miktsat is forbidden? That we're not allowed to move even a small part of a live animal? So the Mishnah Brewer is not sure what to make of it. Ultimately, he concludes with Tzorach Ion. The matter requires further investigation. But he suggests, Efshar delos rakufan kigufan That it's possible that only the body of an animal is prohibited to move. Even one limb of that body. Just like even one limb of a corpse is prohibited to move. But if one is merely moving the hair without moving any limb of the body, then maybe the hair is not chashiv gufan. The hair is not important enough to be considered part of the body of the animal. Shlomo Zalun Orbach has also been quoted suggesting that the prohibition of moving part of a mukta object only applies to a real part of that object, such as in a corpse. Any limb of that corpse, whether it be as large as an arm or as small as an eyelid, is part of the corpse. But the hair of an animal is so insignificant and so much not a part in, of the intrinsic body of this animal that it may not be prohibited at all to move the hair of the animal. Shlomo Zaman Orbach suggests, as quoted in the Sefer Shulchan Shlomo, a few other distinctions as well. One might suggest that the prohibition of moving part of a mukta object only applies if one intentionally wish and purposefully wishes to move that part of the object, such as closing the eyelids of a corpse, where one intends to close the eyelids. When you wipe your hands on the hair of the tail of a horse, you don't intend to move the hairs. You intend to wipe your hands and would be perfectly happy if the hairs stayed where they were. Unintentionally, if you're going to wipe your hands on them, they will doubtless move. Likewise, when you pet an animal, your intention is not to inspect its hair. We're not looking for fleas. Your intention is to pet the animal and make it feel better. An unintentional side effect of that act is the moving of hairs. But perhaps, if one is only moving a part of the animal, and one is only moving part of that animal unintentionally, that's not considered a real act of tiltal, of moving an object, and therefore is never forbidden. It seems then that it would be possible for us to conclude that even according to the mainstream halacha, which tells us the animals are muktzah, and even though one may not pick up or move an animal in whole, or any one limb or part of the body of that animal, 
if one merely pets the animal gently and only moves the hairs on the animal's back, then that would not fall under the category of tiltal muktza, not even under the category of tiltal b'miktzat, because hairs are not really a part of the body, or even if they are, one doesn't actually intend to move them. It is merely an unintentional side effect. And given the fact that, according to some opinions, animals aren't even muktza in the first place, I think we can safely say that it would be permitted to gently pet animals on Shabbat, because even if they are mukta, the simple reading of the Shulchan Aruch seems to imply that it's mutter to move the hair of a mukta animal on Shabbat. Another application of Hilchot mukta would be walking a dog on Shabbat. It seems clear that if one pulls a dog with a leash, that would be considered tiltal, moving the dog on Shabbat, even if one were to say it is only tiltal minatsad, it is only an indirect moving, because one pulls the leash and not directly the dog, nonetheless, tiltal minatsad, even if one were to consider this tiltal minatsad, tiltal minatsad is forbidden, l'tzorach davar ha'asr, it is forbidden to move a muktza object, even indirectly, if one's intention is for the protection of the muktza object, or for the benefit of the muktza object. Therefore, if one pulls a dog on a leash to get him out of the house, to get him into the house, that would be tiltal muktza, and we would have to assume that that would be forbidden. It would, however, be permitted to hold the dog on a leash and prevent it from walking or running further than the owner wishes, because although it is forbidden to pull mukta, it is certainly permitted to hold on to a leash of mukta and to hold mukta in place and not allow it to travel further. That's not moving mukta, that's merely preventing it from moving. And it's clear in the Gemara that Chazal permitted you to walk an animal with a leash on Shabbat. So, if one needs to walk a dog on Shabbat, it would be permitted to hold on to the leash and even to restrain the animal from running away. But actually, pulling on the leash seems to be forbidden due to the Isra of Mukta. However, we do find in the Shulchan Aruch Simen Shin Chet Seif Mem that Kol Behima Chayava Of Midadim Otam Bechatzer Dahainu Sheochez Betzavaram Uvitzdadim Umolichan Im Tzrichim Habalichayim Lekach Ubilvad Shloig Behem Beinyan Sheyakru Aglehem And Aretz Demuktim Heim the Shulchanar quotes the Gemara in Shabbat that one may certainly not pick up animals and move them, but one may pull animals from the top, from the side, from the shoulder and make them walk in one direction if necessary. 
the Mishnah Baruch explains that one is not permitted to actually carry the whole animal, because that would be carrying muktza very directly. But if one only pulls part of the animal, let us say I pull the shoulder of an animal and then its feet, it reluctantly agrees to come and walks with its feet, then since I'm not fully moving the animal, but only partially, even though that falls under the Isser of Muktza, for Tsar Balei Chaim, they permitted it. And that is why the Shulchan Aruch tells us, for Tsar Balei Chaim, if an animal needs to be moved from place to place for its protection to prevent pain to the animal, Tsar Balei Chaim is important enough that it overrides in many cases the Isser of Muktza on Shabbat. So certainly, if one is not actually picking up the whole animal, but only partially pushing the animal and getting it to walk, which would be a tiltal b'miktsad, a partial moving of the animal, which is certainly a lower form of moving muktsan Shabbat, that was certainly permitted for the sake of Tsar Balichayim. So, according to the mainstream halachic opinion that says pets are muktsa, one may not dra- one may not drag them with the leash on Shabbat. And one may not even pull them with the leash, even if they walk along. If not absolutely necessary, but if necessary, let us say the dog needs to be taken for a walk to prevent its suffering. Or the dog is outside in the walk and needs to be brought in to prevent it getting lost and getting into potential situation of danger and injury. Then, when necessary to prevent suffering of the animal, one may pull as hard as one wishes on the leash as long as you're not dragging it along the ground, which would generally not be very pleasant for the animal in any case, but merely pulling it hard enough that it walks along with you reluctantly. Halachalama said then, we have seen that according to the a minority opinion, pets are considered designated for use on Shabbat and are not mukta at all. There would be no restrictions on the moving of pets on Shabbat. And those who rely on the minority opinion should be left to rely on that and we need not object. However, according to the mainstream halachic opinion, we follow the rush who says, as a halachic formality, Animals are defined as not designated for use on Shabbat, regardless of what we think. And therefore, all animals, even pets, would be mukta. If so, then, on the one hand, one may not actually pick them up or move even one limb. On the other hand, one may gently pet them on Shabbat, even though you unintentionally or at the very least, unpurposefully move the hair of the animal on Shabbat. When it comes to walking an animal, one may put on the leash and hold on to the leash and not let the animal escape. One may not drag the animal with the leash. When it comes to pulling the animal with the leash so that one does move the mukta, but it also walks on its own and one is not moving the entire body of the animal, but merely pulling on the neck and causing it to walk, 
that would generally be prohibited, but for a need of the animal to prevent sar chayim, to prevent it from an uncomfortable and situation of suffering or pain, that would be permitted. There are other issues besides Hilchot Mukta which are relevant to pets on Shabbat, especially if one lives in an area without an Erev, in a Rishot HaRabim, the question becomes, may one let one's animal out wearing tags on Shabbat? May one walk the animal with a leash on Shabbat? There's the issues of trapping an animal on Shabbat if the animal is not completely obedient and doesn't come home when called. May one slam the door to tra- while the animal's inside the house to trap it on Shabbat? There are many other halachot regarding pets outside of the Chod Shabbat as well, but those will have to wait for another occasion.